This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani, alongside our good friend Tom Shire. He's he's filling in again. Um, if you recall, about a week and a half ago, Tom said the Vikings were going to finish 13 and four. No, I'm definitively. Just kidding. We, we 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 walked through the schedule after the Bears win, and we said, like, this team should win X amount of games if we're just looking at the schedule. And um, while we account for some slip-ups here and there, like, the team should be really good down the stretch. But 5-1 mm-hmm. and one entering the bye. Won another game this weekend where, like, you feel, I guess, okay about it. Like, you don't really know how to feel about this Vikings team, but you know they're 5-1 and one definitively. Tom, heading into this bye, like, what what are your biggest takeaways from the, the first six weeks of the season? Because there have been some ups, a lot of downs, but at the end of the day, like, they're they're an effective football team that's that's among the best in the league right now. Yeah, they're a funny team. I mean, I think O'Connell. It seems like he's like a young person who, when he was kind of starting the jobs, was like man, why do the Vikings do the things that they do? Why are they running so much when you have Justin Jefferson? Like, you know, why why haven't they adopted, I guess, the, the modern game? He seems like a guy who has created a marginally better team, and it's made the difference, at least going into the bye week, five and one. Um, but it doesn't feel like a McVay disciple. You know what I mean? I get like his job is not to make this aesthetically pleasing, but it's beyond that. It's that if you just win, and we said this last time, if you just win marginally over and over again, at some point in a relatively weak schedule, you'll drop a game that you shouldn't. So um, I think, you know, it's going to be interesting. I'm sure they'll study stuff during the bye. I'm sure there's guys who are beat up, who are playing through things, who maybe get a little reprieve here. You also have two pretty winnable games. I, I don't believe in Arizona at all. You should beat the commanders even on the road. So uh, they still have a little bit of like a runway or the end of the runway before they really get into the heart of the schedule. But yeah, so it's not, I want to be clear. It's not just like aesthetically. I, it's It's that it's hard to believe that this team is like truly five and one because they've almost slipped up against a lot of bad teams. For sure. Like you look at their offense and it was something where you're right. Like you thought like McVay disciple, this thing is going to be humming from the jump and it hasn't, it's been clunky. It's been ugly at times. You know, you look at the Vikings, they're in the bottom half of the league in, in yards per game. I think it was like three thirty nine ish. And they're, mm. I think it was 14th yesterday. So this might've changed with, you know, that debacle that was the money. Oh my God. Game. Yeah. But th- they were ranked 14th at 23.2 points per game. So like, it's, it's not an offense that, that is coming out every week and just dominating teams. And I think week one, we thought like, okay, first half of, of week one against the green Bay Packers, they came out on fire. Kevin O'Connell's a genius. And really since then it, it, I know they're putting up points, but it's really left a lot to be desired. So I think you're right. Like at some point you can't always just, bank on winning on the margins. The, the margins are going to get smaller as, as the season progresses, and, and you're going to need to get more effective, more efficient in, in every realm. I want to ask you, though, like to this point in the season, and, and it's not the halfway point, so I won't say like your midseason MVP, but like, and it's a little past the quarter pole, I guess, so we can't say quarter season MVP either, but mm-hmm. like through six weeks, who do you look at as like, this guy is the reason the Vikings are five and one. Darisaw. And I, you know, you could look at the whole O line. I think the the weak point is Ingram and Ingram, like for a guy who they just drafted, um, 
he steps into a pretty tough spot. I, I think he's been fine given the context of his age and experience. But I would say Darisaw, the fact that like he's living up to this building, the fact that someone came out and was like, dude, he's Trent Williams. And you're like, why would you ever say that about someone? <laughs> like, what are you doing? But I think, you know, the fact that he has been really good and Kirk Cousins has said, like, I kind of don't notice him in a good sense. Like, I just kind of take it for granted that he'll take care of his job. But we've seen, we know, like, Cousins can operate if, if he has a bit of a pocket. You know, this offense probably needs a little bit of time obviously for developing routes and whatnot so I think that that's something that Spielman never figured out it was kind of always an Achilles heel and like that actually is shocking to me I know there's talent I know O'Neal's good the fact that Bradbury's been been decent like I just that to me is shocking that's why you know these guys deserve some recognition man and that's why I'm giving it to them that the O-line's been good yeah and and I think if you would have told me six weeks ago that we would be sitting here in the bye weeks talking about how the offensive line collectively and Christian Darisaw specifically are perhaps the biggest reason why this team is having success. I would have thought you were crazy because that was a huge question mark going into this season. The offensive line as a whole, obviously Garrett Bradbury, not replacing him at, at center. Like you said, he, he has been good, but I think all of this came down to is Christian Darisaw going to be a good left tackle. If he mm-hmm. was going to be a good left tackle, then this was always going to be a pathway that existed. Like the Vikings offensive line was going to be much improved. I didn't think he could get there. I didn't think he mm-hmm. could get there this quickly, I guess. He, he he looked at times last season like the mauler that you thought he was going to be. But the fact that he's come along so quickly, he's having like viral clips, I think once or twice a week now, where it's just like he is manhandling his guy and either getting out in space and just flattening him or just like standing there like an anchor of, of that offensive line. Has it surprised you how quickly he's come along? Cause it has surprised me. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's like a scary proposition having a younger guy like that in that spot, right? It's, it's the blind spot for the quarterback. Um, I understand the hype in camp. We talked about like Cameron dancer. I, I think on the last show and how everyone was pretty hyped on that guy. And then kind of a reality set in and he's kind of had a mixed career. I think, you know, people are so ready for football, you know what I mean? In training camp, Mm -hmm. they're also practicing against their own guys for the most part. I think it's why these guys have embraced like these joint practices or whatever, but I always go, man, like there's just nothing like the stuff we see a, there's just a lot behind the scenes that we don't be it's, it's a little tricky, right? Preseason games and camp battles and all this stuff. So kudos to him. Like he's playing big boy football he's playing kind of like a a bit of a veteran and so that's just it's a great pickup in the draft it's good development um that is something that i can't tell if this is just like finally the o-line came together and it would have under the old regime or this is just a matter of better culture better coaching even just like a a inadvertent change of scenery right which is functionally what happens when you have a regime change but Mm -hmm. whatever's happened they've done it well and i think it was just vital because it just does not matter how smart your coach is if the o-line doesn't hold up eventually someone's going to muck up a play that's really well designed absolutely so your mvp darisaw Mine, and, and, you know, I was going to just take the cop out and say Justin Jefferson, he's third in the league with 654 receiving yards this year. Dominant, um, 654 receiving yards and completely schemed out of two games, which is impressive. Um, I would argue he should never be schemed out of a game. You should just force feed him the ball. But he was earlier this season, and he is still atop the league in, in receiving yards. Impactful, you know, week in, week out. 
I'm not going to say him at the MVP because that's too easy. I'm going to give some love to to my guy, Kirk Cousins, who I, I hate mm-hmm. on constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't been great. I'm not saying he's the MVP because his stats are gaudy, because you look at a lot of the stats, both both basic and analytic. He hasn't been good. He you've You could argue he's been as bad as he's been in a Vikings uniform with the stats. However, three comeback drives. I understand that the Vikings were in that position at times because of how Kirk Cousins was playing and how ineffective he looked. But against the Detroit Lions, game-winning touchdown drive when it really mattered most. Against the New Orleans Saints in London, you know, we talked a lot about their circadian rhythms, the travel, how tough that was. Kirk Cousins leads them back into the game late, kicks a field goal to win the game, Greg Joseph. And then, you know, you look at just some of the other things he's done. The Chicago Bears game, you know, a 17-play drive right down the field when they needed it most. Kirk Cousins has not been spectacular. He's actually been underwhelming at times. But I think he is your MVP of the first six weeks of the season because without him, I don't know if they win those games. He's literally turned losses into wins, even though at times he has turned wins into maybe losses with his ineffectiveness throughout a game. Yeah, and I don't know. Again, I don't know if that's the quieted mind, right? O'Connell says he kind of talks him through things, you know, over the the com or whatever. And just like, there's just not this pressure of like Zimmer seemed to have a mixed message for him. It was a, it was the clearest message was I don't want to have you here because you're taking up cap space for my defense. But beyond that, it was like, hey, I want to see him take more risks. And he knew like as soon as Cousins took to a risk and put the defense in a tough spot, it would have been you know Kirk's killing us here with with you know throwing into tight windows or whatever. So you know it was a tough position for him to come in I think he was actually pretty honest in that like it seemed like the whole operation you know started before he got there and he was this right he was accused of like a mercenary or whatever and and like this this is a little different it's a guy he's worked with before who's embraced mm-hmm. him again we'll have to see long term what the plan is but you know I think of like Chicago's a bad team but he was calling his own plays like that was the most unique thing I've seen we've seen O'Connell's creativity actually in those opening drives when there's been a script and near the red zone and and Cousins has done his part in those spots where it's it was this hurry up against Chicago but because the the clock wasn't a factor because it was the beginning of the game. He was just like calling his own plays, trapping the defense in mm-hmm. a spot they didn't want to be in. And there's some brilliance to what he's doing there. We know he's physically capable. He's actually kind of the quarterback. I feel like everyone wanted when there was a bad quarterback in Minnesota it was like, just give me an above average guy. I I, I don't need Allen Mahomes, Herbert, whatever, whoever it was. Right. It's just give me an above average guy. And that's kind of what he's been. He's accurate. He has arm strength. Uh, you know, he he certainly knows how to run at least certain aspects of the offense. Maybe in an honest moment, both guys, Quasi and O'Connell would go like, look, I kind of would want someone a little better who can kind of scamper around and make plays with his feet or whatever. But we saw during like on third and five or whatever, him go and get the first down or whatever. We've seen him like play into the illusion of complexity. Like he certainly knows I know this is like a bare minimum, but like he knows like when to move the guys or whatever, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And there are guys who would not figure that out, you know? So he's kind of been this veteran. Also, it seems like he's kind of comfortable. He's always been like this goober and kind of embraced it, but he really is like comfortable in his own skin, making fun of himself for wearing like Cole's stuff. He's this multimillionaire who looks like he, he bought Cole's clothing and wore it in public mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. And like, he's, he's embraced kind of being this goober. Right. And I think, Kirk's done what you can ask of him. It's been enough. And honestly, to me, that isn't the problem yet. I think it's more related to play calling and just how they're maximizing the talent on offense. 
Yeah, that's the one thing I want to touch on before we break is like the comfortable, like he looks comfortable. He looks comfortable in his own skin. And I think that's something that has allowed him to play with that quiet in mind you've talked about. But yeah, you see him wearing the chains on on charters after the game. Just the biggest work, but like leaning into it now. And, and that's all I've asked for of Kirk in the past is like, stop trying to be this guy that you're not. Like just lean into the fact that you're a dork. It's how I feel about Carl Anthony Towns with on Timberwolves mm-hmm. too. Like, just be yourself because guys like that more than you trying to put on some face or this rah rah leader. Kirk's not that. He is a dork who is a pretty <laughs> good football player, an above average quarterback, could be a good quarterback at, at certain times throughout a season. He's leaning into that now, and I think he's done. He's doing that because Kevin O'Connell believes in him, trusts him, wants him, and and it's it's all working. So I I, I think. There is a melding of minds right now. It, it has been kind of a perfect storm to this point. Five wins and six tries. It, if they don't improve out of this bye, they're they're going to lose some of these games. But right now, it's working, and and I think that's the, the biggest takeaway you can you can walk away with from from these six weeks is pretty much everything Kevin O'Connell was brought in to do is working. It's going swimmingly. And, and I think Vikings fans can feel good about that while also wanting more from this team, you know, for the final 10 weeks of the regular season. So. Yeah, there was like kind of a winning, I mean, we know the obvious winning model, right? It's just have a really good quarterback. And and typically as long as everyone kind of does their job around them, you can produce a winner that way. Right. The more curious thing, especially as quarterbacks become more expensive and and like just it's just very rare that you have one that's mm-hmm. a transcendent player is like, how good can you be when every other component works? Right. When again, there's some questions about O'Connell as a rookie coach, but like if O'Connell does his job and the defense and Donatel on his side does their job. Certainly, we know that Justin Jefferson does his. I think a curiosity for me coming out of the break is what happens. There's no team on earth. That is like, you know what? The best strategy is the one where the teams just let Justin Jefferson beat them and took everything else away. What they're going to do is try to take Justin Jefferson away and be like, how good is Thielen right now? How good is KJ? How good is Irv? How much can you get done in the modern NFL with a Dalvin Cook, right? So um, there's question marks there, but if they help, you know, hold up their end of the bargain, what happens if you have an above average quarterback and greatness around him? Right. And so I think the Vikings still need to prove greatness, but to be fair, teams are going to have to win with this model because just so few are going to have Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, you know, Burrow, whatever you go down the list. Most teams have an above average quarterback yeah. if they're lucky. Right. So, um, so I just, I think my curiosity here is like, I think they're close to having that, right? The second model. Can they perfect that? Because there's a curiosity of mine of like, how far can you actually go with that model? No, that that's a good point. And, and I think that it's a good tease to the segment too. Um, you, you talked about Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, Irv Smith. Um, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about things that concern us head, heading into the final 10 weeks here. You know, we've been pretty positive so far deservingly so on the Vikings from their standpoint, they've, they've been really good. 